Championship hosted by Onyx Coffee Lab, and uh, it was great. It was a really cool experience. Um, you know, I got to learn a little bit more about coffee and myself as a brewer. Um, but I got a lot of questions uh, just regarding the event, how it worked, and rather than going through everyone's messages and responding to well over a hundred messages that were specifically related to the the World Aeropress Championship and the American Aeropress Championship that I was at. Um, you know, rather than doing that, I figured it would be best to cover all aspects of this in a podcast episode. So we're going to go through, you know, how the American Aeropress Championship started, um, how it works, what are the rules, what was my experience, um, what, what were some things that I noticed, um, was was it a fair event, things like that. And, and I think that this would be, again, the best way to just answer everyone's questions through through one uh, channel. Now, if you're not aware of what an AeroPress is, um, it's just a device used to make coffee. I, I recommend you just look up a picture of it rather than me try to explain what it is. But they're they're really cool. It's uh it's one of the most beloved coffee brewing devices, in man, in in the especially coffee community. People that just enjoy camping. I remember the first time I ever used one was while with the Afghan National Army unit in Afghanistan. That was the first time I ever used one. And the most recent cup I made was at uh, the American Aeropress Championship. So it's, it's, it, it, that, that should give you a, a bit of an indication of how versatile they are. They, they make great coffee, all right? Um, so in 2004, this, this Stanford University engineering instructor, his name's Alan Adler, uh, started studying the coffee brewing process. And he, he developed in a year time the AeroPress. Uh, another one of his inventions is the Aerobi, and it's it's one of those frisbees that's just a circle uh, with nothing in the center. You may have seen them before. That's that's one of his inventions, and he also made the AeroPress. So, really versatile device, very cool, and makes great coffee. So we've covered that it makes coffee in a variety of settings. It's a very unique piece of equipment that's enjoyed by a multitude of different people. Now, one of the big questions I got is. There's coffee competitions. People actually compete in coffee, and yeah, there's there's a multitude of them. This is actually probably the the most probably the most least formal coffee event, but there's some other ones where you know people um, try to identify you know what the the odd coffee is in a group of three, which one's different from the other ones. Uh, there's some competitions where people try to make the the best latte art. There's competitions where people try to be the best brewer or the best barista. And, and those are generally uh, a bit of a performance, a graded evaluation in front of a panel of judges. And you are giving a brief on what you're doing and you're graded on the quality of that brief. Now, the World Aeropress Championship, again, a little, a little informal. And it came from uh, a, a group of people in Oslo that decided, you know, this, this Aeropress device is really cool. What if, what if we had our own little competition that wasn't as stuffy and formal as all these other ones? And it's just us having fun with an Aeropress. So first competition took place in a, in a small room in Oslo. Uh, three competitors and, and a judge named Tim, Tim Windelblow uh, 
decided to get together and just have a, a, a bit of an AeroPress competition, see who made the best cup. And that's, that's kind of how it started. Now it's, now it's turned into this international affair. So the way it works is this, this is a bit of the structure, is there's a world championship in one location. And throughout the year, all these different countries compete. They have these competitions and, and people compete for the chance to become the representative of that country at the World AeroPress Championship. I'll use this here as an example. Okay, so we just had the American AeroPress Championship, which was the qualifier for an American to, you know, win. And then from there, they would they would move on to the World Championship this year in Melbourne, Australia in December. And there they would compete against just a ton of people from all over the world to see who would be the, the best uh, AeroPress brewer of 2023 in the world. All right, so the, the next biggest question is, how does this work? How are you evaluated? And here's a rundown of how my competition went. All right, brewers had uh, three brewers would come up to a stage and they would have five minutes to brew their own recipe for an AeroPress. They, they've, the, the constant was that everyone was using the same coffee. Everyone was limited to 18 grams of coffee. Everyone had to hit a specific yield of coffee, um, a certain minimum, and everyone had to use an AeroPress. That, that's basically it. There were some other, you know, factors on what equipment you could and could not use. But, you know, the, the main goal here was use an AeroPress to make the best cup of coffee. All right. So three competitors would come up to a stage and they would have five minutes to brew the best cup. Once that five minutes was done, all right, they had to present their coffee to a panel of judges. Now, these judges would blind taste these cups. They would have no clue who made the cups. Um, they, would, they would do a blind cupping, all right? After this blind cupping, they would simultaneously point to their favorite cup. That favorite cup, the person who won that round, would move on to the next bracket, right? So it's structured like a bracket in all groups of, you know, three. So if you win your bracket, you move on to the next bracket. And it continues on like that until there's one brewer standing. I was also asked, you know, how, how different could these cups possibly be? And the answer to that is very different. Everyone has their own techniques. If you go back to, um, you know, all of our episodes that we've discussed, variables and extraction, um, you could do quite a bit with an AeroPress. For instance, you know, my, my grind was slightly coarser. Uh, my water temperature was very low at about 175 degrees Fahrenheit. Used quite a bit of agitation. Um, there, there were some moments where I was, uh, you know, transferring the coffee from one kettle to another to achieve a, um, a, a cooler drinking temperature for the judge. Um, there were, there, were, I was using a lot of removing fines and reintroducing them at specific times. Uh, what, what are some other things that I did? Uh, the water was a key. This was a huge factor we saw in this. You, you can make your own water, and we've gone into this before on the Instagram, the importance of water. I haven't talked very much about it on the podcast before, but you want to achieve a certain level of you know hardness or softness and and alkalinity in, in your water. So people were developing their own water recipes. I, I used um, half a pack of third wave water for my recipe. Um, so there, there's quite a bit that went into the, the development of a recipe and 
the temperatures that you want to serve it at, how, you know, you got to factor in. Well, by the time it reaches the judge's table, it'll probably be, uh, it, you know, there, there's a bit of time that's elapsed. So how's it going to taste when that judge finally tastes it? So again, the, the recipes can vary greatly. So the grading all comes down to the cup that you make. That's it. How does it taste? It is blind tasted by the judges and they simultaneously point to their favorite one. So there's not a lot of room for bias in this. A lot of people were under the impression that this was evaluated in the same way that some of these other coffee competitions were graded where, you know, you as the barista, you come out and you give a presentation and the judges know who you are. Maybe, maybe they've seen you on YouTube. Maybe, maybe they're familiar with you as a competitor from, you know, the year prior. And even though people say, oh, well, those biases would not interfere in their, their decision, I don't care who you are, how good you think you are, everyone possesses a level of bias. And, you know, judges have the responsibility of not letting those biases interfere with their decisions. But, I, again, I don't care how good you think you are, those biases will always play a role in how you perform in real life. I, I truly believe that a lot of the human condition revolves around your judgments being influenced by biases. Um, some of them might not be so great. Some of them might not be as bad, but still those come into play. But in this competition, there wasn't a lot of room for that. During the Brewers briefing, I, I uh, you know, I was very, very aware of anything that could potentially result in biases influencing judges' decision. I even asked a, a question about cupping bowls to make sure that the cupping bowls from each competitor were all the same because I didn't want any any bias to be in there. Maybe maybe one person, maybe it wouldn't have anything to do with the brewer, but maybe two people would be using the AeroPress cupping bowls and one person had a very special one that they liked that was a little bit prettier. And maybe the three of those balls would get to the judge and, you know, the judges, without even realizing it, would prefer the coffee in the different bowl. Now, that didn't happen. Everyone used the same cupping bowls. But you see, this is what I mean by there wasn't a lot of room for bias to inter interfere and influence judges' decision making. Now, another question that came up was, you know, how, how do these people feel about you and firearms? Because a few of the brewers there already knew who I was. Um, and it, it's no surprise. Anyone who talks to me knows that I'm, I'm very passionate about specialty coffee and shooting. Those are two of the biggest things in my life. I love them. Uh, and it, it really was not bad. And the people that asked questions were genuinely just curious. There was, there was no, you know, malice in their questioning. Uh, there, there was no, you know, uh, deeper goal that they were trying to achieve. No one was trying to embarrass me. It was genuine curiosity. Uh, one of the first questions I actually got asked within the first five minutes of being in there was how do you feel about the second amendment being absolute? And that was a, that was an interesting conversation. And uh, those of you who know me know that, uh, I absolutely believe that every citizen, uh, should be armed with the same, if not better equipment than the government. Uh, I, I believe that yes, the two, uh, 2A is, is absolute uh, and that it exists to uh, allow people to remain free uh, from an oppressive government should that ever happen. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it really it really ended at that. It, it, it was, you know, I expressed my beliefs, what, what I thought about them and, and people were gen genuinely uh, respectful. 
uh, maybe they didn't agree with it. And a lot of people, you know, they would let me know uh, that they didn't agree with me. But there was no sort of like big argument or no one was yelling. Uh, no one was no one was upset that we had you know, different beliefs, which became a, a common theme during the competition. I was there as a competitor, but I ended up answering a lot of questions about how do I balance my position in both communities because I've mentioned it before the coffee community is very left-leaning the firearms community is very right-leaning and I'm a part of both groups so you know being moderate and understanding how to communicate with others even if we don't have the same beliefs I think that was a a good learning lesson uh you know I I, I certainly hope that it, it does something in terms of showing people that it is completely possible to be friends uh, or friendly with another human, even though they have a different belief than you. Now, getting back to the the brewing for this competition, my my competition was pretty short. Um, you know, I flew out to Arkansas. Uh, I was deep searched by the TSA because they they don't seem to like uh, kettles or coffee. They made sure they swabbed all the coffee down for. For residues and whatnot, so it was a, it was an interesting experience. Got out to Arkansas, got myself a rental, drove out to Onyx Coffee Lab, and we we had ourselves a, a competition. And my competition again was pretty short in terms of the actual time I spent competing, uh, because I I had the <laughs> the current American Aeropress champion. Uh, he was in my bracket. I lost uh, to him directly, and I had a I had a really good. Uh, presentation. I had a really good cup of coffee. Uh, it was it was truly a pleasure to be a part of that. Um, for those of you who do know me, I, I don't like being in, in large crowds. <laughs> and this was a, uh, a big thing for me to do. I'm, again, very passionate about coffee. I love specialty coffee and, and you know, showing people how to brew better. But I also tend to do that in a uh, closed environment in my home or in a in a studio or uh, coffee bar, not in a, a, a professional setting on a stage. So it was it was very, very interesting. It went very smoothly. I'll show the recipe on the Instagram. I'm not going to explain it over the podcast because it is quite lengthy and it does help to have a visual for how to how to replicate it. Now, Brandon, who ended up winning, uh, he he had only been using the AeroPress from what he told me for a year. He had developed his recipe, flown out from New York and, and competed. He wasn't, you know, one of these people that was deeply immersed in the specialty coffee industry. He wasn't backed by Onyx or, or Fellow or any of these other big coffee name brands. He was just a, a guy like me who showed up and, and made a recipe that he thought was good. And it, and it truly was. I ended up tasting the cup that got him the gold. Um, so the final cup he made for the competition that the uh, judges tasted, I ended up tasting that as well. And it was, it was fantastic. It was such a good cup of coffee. Um, we used a Kenya natural for it and it was, it was just great. He balanced it out very well. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I lost fair and square to this guy. He made a better cup of coffee than me. And it was just a, a great time. I, I'm so glad to have, sat there, uh, well, to, to have stood there, uh, and, and made coffee alongside these, these professionals. 
and I genuinely do mean professionals. Some of these people were already world champions and other uh, coffee competitions. One of the guys that I got to know pretty well at the event, he was the Michigan state champion for the AeroPress competition. They had uh, their own regional uh, event. Um, a few of the people that I flew back to Atlanta with, now they, they were multiple uh, title holders uh, had, had experience. So there was, again, a lot of experience there. And I had a very competitive cup, uh, a very good one. I, I, I really do hope that when I do post the video on how to make my recipe, um, you guys will be able to replicate it and make a really good AeroPress um, cup of coffee with it. Um, and, and when Bryn's recipe gets posted by the World AeroPress Championship, um, and, and they do this. So for each world champion, they'll go ahead and, and post each world champion's uh, recipe. Uh, so anyone can, can try it out for themselves. I'm excited to attempt Brandon's and, and give it a go. Cause again, it was, it was good. It was, it was, uh, better than mine, <laughs> but I, I, I'm also not going to knock myself because I had a pretty damn good recipe as well. So all in all, very good competition. I think it, uh, for the most part was organized well. I didn't get my competition coffee to practice with until the Saturday before the competition, so that was a bit frustrating. The venue was also changed. It, it wasn't supposed to be at Onyx headquarters. It was supposed to be at um, another Onyx location. It got changed last second. So those were kind of two friction points for me that were slightly uh, uh, frustrating, but it still ended up getting resolved. We had a very good competition. I think Onyx headquarters was a, an ideal location for this. Um, they have a lot of resources, a big event space, so it, it was uh, it was a good event. So moving forward, what am I going to do? I didn't I didn't win the championship that I thought I was going to win, so I guess it just means I'm going to stop making coffee, right? Fuck no, man. Uh, the next steps for me are get better, make make better recipes, continue doing what I'm doing, get more um, content out there for everyone. Uh, try to try to make make your cups as as good as possible. Um, try to bridge the gap between the firearms and specialty coffee communities um, and, and just keep pushing forward, keep entering competitions, keep getting better, and eventually start taking these fucking titles. So it's been it's been great, great growing experience, great confidence booster. Um, got to connect with some really good people, got to meet some people maybe I didn't care too much for, but again, uh, despite our, our different beliefs, we were still able to understand each other uh, and, and I think that that's, that's huge. That, that means so much, uh, in this world. And I don't think a lot of people are, are doing it. I, I think there needs to be a lot more of these, um, a lot more of these gaps being bridged and an attempt to understand people different than yourself. So there's a lot of people that I do need to thank, um, for, for, you know, replicating my recipe prior to the competition giving me feedback, helping me, you know, prep for this, uh, Fieldcraft coffee roasters, uh, the Captain's Coffee, Origin Coffee, Brandon Morley. Uh, these are just a few off the top of my head that were, were there, you know, from the uh, when I started planning this back in February. That, that really helped me, and I, I, I'm truly appreciative of that. Um, and, and as I said before, there's going to be more competitions. Uh, I know next year I want to do Brewer's Cup. I want to do a few different things and continue as well by competing in the shooting community. I did tactical games this last year and took a podium for that. So, uh, you know, for the shooting community and the, the specialty coffee community, I'm, you're, you're going to see me at your competitions. I'm, I'm coming for your titles. Um, I'm also coming there to, you know, get to know some of y'all. So I appreciate it. 
I, I hope this helps uh, answer some of the questions that I was sent and the, uh, the DMs on Instagram. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing, if you want to see more of this, uh, if you want to hear more of this, uh, go ahead and give it a five-star rating if you think it's earned that. Uh, and uh, you know, also check out the, the Instagram at uh, Degenerates Drinking Coffee. And I'll, I'll try to keep cranking out as much good quality stuff that keeps y'all informed uh, and, and helps improve your cups on a day-to-day -day basis. So I will catch you all on the next episode of Degenerates Drinking Coffee. Yeah.